When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Tom Bernard podcast with Alex Brant Bernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt, and Andy Brant Bernard. Fawn's here too, but she doesn't want to say hello. She's petting Jude. <clears throat> oh, she's petting Jude. She's also okay. getting in that pre that elementary school kind of not talking as she's much. She's always as she been is. like that though. A little bit more lately, I think. Sage is the chatty one. Uh oh, what the? Uh-oh. Hey, what? Have to take this. It's like, is there a UFO so landing? All right, he'll, oh, Andy will be right back. Well, when he comes back, we've got it's Andy Day Andy on the show. Day. Oh, for questions for what's Andy up to? <laughs> what was that? Fawny, Fawny's over there singing to herself. There you go. What are you doing? <laughs> Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the Walzer world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J.Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. 
You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then, the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Hey, this Brian's up. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding plans. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, metric cruiser, or sport bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets too. Order before 8 p.m. and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. What do you guys think happened to Britney Spears? What Did do you she mean? just I don't know pop what a bolt? Again. In a voice memo, the singer Blath... Okay, fun, that'll do it. Okay. Bop Bop's got to talk now. Thank you. In a voice... <laughs> oh, God. I knew that was coming. You knew she was going to do that. <clears throat> that was just a given. Uh, Peer, uh, Spear, uh, Spears post then deletes new slam on her family. In a voice memo, singer Blath's defunct conservatorship says her family threw me away. What why do you think is, about that? Why is that bad? I mean, I think it's true. You think it is true? I mean, that well, whole I mean, that whole conservatorship thing was just bananas. Well, I think that she did have a lot of mental health issues right. at one time. Yes. Uh, I also think that her family, fam, family, her family, family, um, took advantage, especially her dad. of that fact. I think maybe there was some need for her to get some serious help and not have to deal with i'm sure the life and trials of being britney spears with all the fame and yeah, all the money yep. and all the people trying to grab 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 and be her best friend are many um and i think the whole thing is just tragic as it is with so many superstar people it is true you know what's kind of interesting about that and i have noticed this with britney spears she's the one person i've noticed they never talk about how much she's worth Oh, well, she had that residency in Vegas, and that alone is usually worth a ton. She was everywhere for a while. Oh, God, yeah. She was the it girl for, what, the 20 years? <clears throat> I thought Fawn was the it girl. Yeah, well, yeah. she was. I, and, I mean, her her songs were just so popular. They were crap, but they were very popular. Yeah. Well, that's kind Although of I find Hit Me Baby One More Time is a very catchy one. It is. I would agree with that. I have to hear she has a new song out with Elton John. Really? Yeah, yep. I heard about that. I want to hear it. I haven't actually listened to it yet. Oh, Britney Spears? Yep. Huh. Britney Spears is worth an estimated $60 million. That's what they're saying. In 2022, she's worth $60 million. Only $60 million? Well, I would have thought it's been a while since she's had her that. last hit, though. But I, I would have thought, yeah, I agree with Mom, I would have thought that she was worth a lot more than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, staying at mental hospitals and stuff is expensive. That's true. Well, they probably give it away for the press. I was going to say, and their pa- her, pa- her dad had complete control over her money, so yeah. who knows how much he wasted away. Well, from what I understand about conservatorships, and I could be wrong, I took a class in a real estate <laughs> conservatorship thing, and um, you have to, you, a judge is supposed to oversee all this stuff, but of course, judges can be paid off. Yes, so, they uh, can. That's the thing. That's and they are paid off like, all the time. Oh, they sure are, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, you're supposed to actually be a good steward of the money, but I'm sure there are those that aren't. There's all sorts of yeah. weird things. I remember, I don't know, there was this one person on Instagram that was like kind of the, like, 
deep dive into the conservatorship with Britney Spears person and mm-hmm. she yeah. just show like actual legal file like legal files and stuff yeah, not just public like public record I, yeah. yeah public record stuff not just like I typed this up and yeah. felt like yeah, this made, should be yeah, I made a graph yeah exactly Twitter <clears throat> yeah um and there was something about the judge that had put her in the conservatorship and then the judge that because she tried to get out of it once before I think and they both were like in files paid for by the Spears whatever group or something. And, uh, yeah, there was, like, a lot of shady. I only know one person that was put into a conservatorship, and it was because he was drinking so much that he gave himself. I don't remember what the <clears throat> syndrome is. It's basically something like wet brain. Yeah. yeah. What is wet yeah. brain? It's it like uh, you just start drinking so much that you do give yourself brain damage. It's called uh, Kursky something syndrome. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Korsakoff. Korsakoff syndrome. That sounds unpleasant. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and he he had that, Ugh. and he couldn't be trusted to pay his own bills or anything. Mm. I like yeah. the fact they named a booze hound disease after a Russian. Well. No, I like it. I'm just here to tell Culturally you. inappropriate. But Culturally <laughs> inappropriate, absolutely. There's no question about it. We're talking quite a bit this morning on the on the morning show about how how apparently there is a God now. For many years they said uh, that God didn't exist, God is dead, God this, that, and the other thing. Well, obviously it's not true because if you uh, just watch the news every night, obviously money is God because people will do anything for money. The kids and I just listened to Money Makes the World Go Around from Cabaret twice there in the car go. this morning. Mm, look at that. They love that song. What do you think of that, Fonny? Oh, look at this. Did you get I a drawing? Oh, with a heart. Bob, Bob, Bob with, with a, a heart. heart. Nice. Then I opened it, it up. What's on the inside? And it says, Probably something offensive. I never liked you. You're in jail. I'm in jail. <laughs> why, am I, why do I have a bow in my hair, too, by the way? Very Here, fancy. Show your mom... Andy. Well, you should have seen the hairstyle she gave me on Thursday when I was when we were watching her. You're you're wearing heels and you have a bow in your hair. Yes, I am wearing heels. I did notice that. Yes, thank. In jail. He's very formal. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, she's just knocking herself out with that one. Pop is in jail. She thinks that's the funniest thing she's ever seen. Apparently. (laughs) Oh my God. Why are you laughing so hard? She is literally, you're going to throw up if you don't laugh. Stop laughing so hard. Cracked up. You wouldn't want that. I know. I live in my own humorous world, too. Fine. I get it. I get it. Oh, my God. It's that funny, huh? She can't handle it. That's why sometimes I say stuff and people are like, what? I'm like, because that was in my head and it's hilarious. (laughs) It just doesn't come out exactly. Okay, should we do Andy's questions? Oh, yes. We have three minutes, so you better hurry. Oh, my. Oh, we got it. Oh, here okay. are the questions for Andy. Well, the first question is, how has fatherhood been? Oh, It's been not as hard as people have said, because he's a good sleeper, basically. Yes, yeah. that makes a huge difference. The first difference. thing everyone says when you tell them you're having a new kid is, oh, you're never going to get sleep again, but Ethan will sleep from 8 p.m. to 9 a.m. Wow. He's Yeah, he sleeps like crazy. Fawn was Fawn's always been a good sleeper. Yeah, be prepared if you have another one. Indeed, <laughs> you get the opposite. Generally, the, generally you've got one of each. I the don't know. The probability why. of that happening twice is quite low. Hmm. Oh, this one's okay. this one's obviously somebody that's listened to the show for a while. <laughs> Do you want to read it, Alex? Sure. What's the worst thing you did as a kid, and what were the consequences? 
I guess I could uh, feel that one to mom. You don't remember? I mean, the worst I've done. Thing that you did. I, I mean, I did a lot I've of. Done. Uh, I mean, first thing that comes to mind is probably ripping up that bush at Disney World. That was actually Sea World. Oh, Sea World. Oh, yeah. my, my and mistake. I literally had to threaten the guy because he was threatening you. It was a. It was, I was an like overreaction. Four years old. Yeah, it was an overreaction being splashed by a stingray. It mm-hmm. was. It was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tore bit. a shrub out of the ground at the age of four. Uh, whacking, whacking your teacher over the head as a ch- as that never happened. Yes, it did. did. You were almost kicked out of preschool. I had to talk. Oh, well, preschool. Of course, I don't remember it. Yeah, See, that's what I'm saying. I don't remember these things. He was almost expelled from preschool. I was expelled from well, middle school. You had to be moved around to a lot of different schools. Yeah, I had to just follow you around to a bunch of. Oh yeah, like you never got in trouble there. Providence in one school i didn't do my homework and i wore colorful shoelaces oh you chewed gum you chewed gum and i chewed gum get out uh, never mind that like half the boys in my class were doing like coke but you know <laughs> that's okay yeah one what kid got caught masturbating during class but he was invited back in the classroom in class yeah, that sounds like coke he's right. okay to be back at school but my shoelaces <laughs> and gum well, that's anti-authoritarian. You can't uh, get me out of here. What are the politics of that school? I don't know. I had no I idea because we were tiny. One more question, Andy. Oh well, our guest is calling in. Okay. So we'll unfortunately, talk about it another time. That will have to wait. Well, she can hear it. <clears throat> I, oh, oh, well, is Susie with us? She was. She dropped. Oh, Almost immediately, so I'm guessing there was a signal. Problem. Okay, let's get the question. Out. What will prevent? E- what will you? How? There we go. Are there are words? How will you prevent Ethan from being the same little shit you were? <laughs> hmm. That is a great I'm just question. Him, I'm here to tell you, you can't yeah. prevent it. That's a great question. You have a maniac question. child. You have a maniac child. It's true. You yeah. can you can try everything. Some stuff will work for a while until they figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> figure out how to get around it. Yeah. You know, I asked a question this morning on the morning show. I'm going to ask the audience here the same question. And then we got Susie. Oh, she up? Yeah. Okay, well, let's just go to Susie. I can, do this. I can oh. ask that question later. All right, then. <clears throat> if you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Casts, Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses. Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business. When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop. We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come. Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. I know them and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy. Well, let's not get crazy, Brad. Seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member, FDIC, and equal housing lender.
You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Susie, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Marvelous. How do you pronounce your last name, Susie? Uh, Abramite. It is Abramite. We thought it was, but I wanted to make sure. Yes, yes. Because I like get Vegemite. Abramite, Vegemite, absolutely. Because my, my last name is B-A-R-N-A-R-D, and I get everything from Burner to Brainerd. I mean, it's B. Barnard. It's very clear, but no, it's Brainerd. Tom Brainerd. Yeah, that's it. No doubt about it. <laughs> that's, that's aggressive. It is aggressive. Uh, Susie Abramite with us, ladies and gentlemen. Her new movie, Love and Bloom, premiered. Uh, matter of fact, it just premiered on uh, on Friday, right? Or Saturday? Yeah, it did. Yeah, Saturday. Saturday. Yes, yeah. it was on Saturday. I am upset. About this. Why? Because I clicked on the link in her bio, and it brought me to 61 Days to Christmas. Countdown to Christmas. Yes. I am not ready. <laughs> I am not ready for that message. There's more than 61 <laughs> days. There's a lot more than 61 days left till yeah, Christmas. 120-ish? Yeah, that's oh, okay. well, way I don't too know. short. I, I went on the link, and it says 61 Days. Countdown to Great American Christmas. Okay. All right, I feel better now. Oh, man. <laughs> it oh, shocked man. me. <laughs> you were shocked by the shocked. whole thing. Oh, my God. Actually, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, you're right. August is almost over. Wait, September, October. Mm. And then Halloween. <laughs> I know. I know. And then, pi- like, literally, pumpkin spice lattes are literally here for five minutes. That's yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <clears throat> and I went into Costco, and they've got Christmas ornaments, costumes for kids, uh, you know, Halloween costumes, stuff. everything. It's like it's all it's all done. <laughs> We're ready to go. You know, Susie, wow. I, I got wow. to tell you something. I'm very serious about this. I love, well, let me read this and then I'll comment on it. Uh, the film is a feel-good romance feature about a woman named Amelia, Susie, of course, and a man named Grayson who are uh, are tasked with stepping in to save the day when Amelia's soon-to-be-married sister and fiancé become marooned at a mountain retreat days before their wedding. She has a four-picture deal with with the network, which is fast on the heels of Hallmark, which is nice to hear. I like this a lot, Susie, because I think I might be the most important person when it comes to I really need relief from all the screaming at each other and hating one another and the politics and all the rest of it. I want to feel good about, you know, Susie and her new husband. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, I couldn't agree more. I, I am. Um, I think the world we're in such a strange place where everything is sort of an echo chamber of, you know, whatever you listen to or watch. And so, I like to kind of change up the algorithm. I like to like, you know, really far left or not so far right, but like, you know, Q and I gets a little really crazy. But like somewhere, I kind of, I kind of go back and forth between right and left to kind of like you know, change up the algorithm so they don't, they, you know, they, they can't quite figure me out. <laughs> so, no, I think that's um, a good thing. I think, yeah. Well, so, and I, I think, you know, because I have, I have every walk of life as a friend, you know, um, 
and I, I, I do disagree with pretty much probably all my friends, you know, on some level, like on most levels, we'll probably agree on a lot of things, but then we'll be like certain, um, nuanced things that we don't necessarily agree on. And I think that that's, um, I think that's, yeah, I, I think that's how it should be. You should be able to, you know, you don't have to agree. Like I don't always agree with my parents. I don't right. always agree with my best friends. You know, and like that's okay. We don't have to agree on everything, and we can still respect and appreciate. And uh, but yeah, like you know, I think I think the world is sort of a raw nerve right now. And they and I and I, I couldn't agree more that I think we all just want love in our life. We want we no need doubt. to like heal. I think. <laughs> no, I think you're absolutely huh? right. We do need we do need to heal. There's no doubt about it. It's I've had enough of it. Uh, I just saw this paragraph. Yeah. Susie can also speak about uh, losing how losing everything gave her newfound purpose. We put so much emphasis on material things, but at the end of the day, you can't take these things with you. We were talking about that this morning. On uh, I do a morning show as well. We are talking about the fact that there is a new God, and that God to most people is money. People will do anything for money, Susie. It's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's, it's sort of like this... Um, this way of thinking of, you know, the American dream that was, you know, post-World uh, War II and, you know, I think, or it was like the beginning of, like, probably right before World War II, but then it was like, uh, you know, post-World War II, really like the, the big, you know, the, the boomers and everything. But I think, it, yeah, I think that, that um, you can live the American dream and you can do anything and you can achieve anything, I think was initially a really noble thing that, you know, in um, other countries, I guess it was, like, harder to, to create a business, be an entrepreneur, or, you know, just come and, and make something of yourself and um, and have more jobs and opportunities. And I think at the time, that was such a beautiful notion. And I think, um, I think that got a little skewed because there wasn't, I think, like a a sense of balance within that. So it's like, yes, you can live the American dream. Yes, you can do anything. But then um, I think, I think it was like in the 60s when everything started to, the fabric of like the world started to kind of break apart because, you know, um, with the culture of, of music and art and, you know, the impending war, I think there was a lot of um, destruction there of, I mean, there's, like, so much to, like, unpack with that, you know, that the birth control uh, allowed women to go into the workforce, and there's, like, so many elements to this sort of sense of freedom, but I think within that freedom, we lost something. Um, and there's always, like, a causality. There's always, like, a cause and effect to everything. So it's sort of, like, we lost a bit of that familyness or something, like, mm -hmm. I guess, this sense of family because it was more about like, okay, everyone has to work and every, and which was, you know, fantastic. I mean, there's nothing more that I love doing and being able to have that opportunity to work. And I know yeah. my mom like loved it, but I also like remember the causality of that. I was like a latchkey kid. And so was my sister. And, you know, there was a sense of freedom in that, but then like you feel this disjointed sense of family. And I, I know like that was a very like, I think there was a commercial, like, in the 80s or the 70s. I wasn't born in the 70s, but um, 
there was a commercial of like, hey, where are your kids right now? Like, go find your kids. And so I think, um, I mean, on this really long-winded idea, I think like we sort of fell into this, um, I don't want to say ideology, but we, we fell into this notion of living the American dream and that you can achieve anything, which was really great, but then the lacking of that balance of that um, without having, like, a, a really grounded, I think, sense of family, then it, it, I think it was hard to maintain. So then we were just, like, this message that was sort of drummed into us and sort of shoved out our throat from, like, from the TV that we watched to um, our art and culture and just everywhere. It was live the American dream, make money, make money. Make money. I mean, I just remember growing up, like, hearing that over and over again, like, making something of yourself. So, but I think when um, we become disconnected from each other, we replace money and success and, um, like, feeling significant versus connection. And I think when those two things are out of balance, like, if you, you know, there's, like, too much freedom or... I mean, like, obviously, we should all totally be free. I think that's not my point. But my point is, is that when I think you replace um, something like, yeah, money and success uh, and not adding all these other things to your life, it becomes really, like, unbalanced. So my long-winded dissertation. No, I loved it. I loved it because it makes sense. I mean, like, because, I mean, think about it. It's like we, you know, before that, before, like, the 1900s, it's like we, you know, it's like we didn't really have medicine, you know. It was sort of like, you know, horse and buggy. There wasn't a lot of tech. I mean, up until, God, it was like thousands of years, it was kind of the same. It was candlelight until, you know, electricity sort of happened. And so I think we're all kind of catching up to, oh, right, you can be successful, but sometimes... You know that um, that notion without like having a, a sense of, I think a, a sense of self, a sense of community, a sense of you know whatever you believe in, like God or you know. But I think having like a higher purpose, like all those things, sort of ground you, yep. so you're not um, doing anything for the sake of like a means to an end. You know, because it's it's always so fleeting. You know, and I think like. I think we have replaced, you know, money and certain, like, ideologies as, like, a religion. You know, because I think, like, you know, before this, I think the world was very, very religious, and I think now that it's been kind of broken up, where um, this is just a working theory I have. <laughs> but I think, like, I don't think we started with the intention of, like, being terrible and focusing on money, but I think it's yeah. like a culture, I think. We've straight we've strayed away from um, a lot of things that I think grounded us. Oh, I think um, you're right about that. In you life, know, and Susie, I will tell you that this podcast. Oh, we, go ahead. <clears throat> what we're trying to do with the podcast, certainly for the last several months, is uh, Catherine and I are married, and our son Andy was born in 1986. Our daughter Alex was born in 1989. The four of us work together on this podcast because uh, family is very, very important to all of us. I do believe not just me, not just Catherine, but all of us. So basically you're about the same age as our children. It sounds like that, but somewhere between 86 and 89, yeah. you were born. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm, I'm definitely an 80s child, yes. Yeah, so there you go. So I just think, do you, do you think a lot of people are thinking like you, thinking like us, that we want to show the world that it's possible to be nice to one another? Yeah, we have our disagreements and all the rest of it. But to be nice to one another, to want to be around one another, as a matter of fact, we are, Fawn, do me a favor. Can you say hi into this microphone? You don't want to say <laughs> hi to Susan. <laughs> Alex, our, our daughter. Hi. Say, say hi, Fawny. No, she's, she's, got her, she's got her blankie right now. She's got her blankie right now. She's a six-year-old little girl who's now given me, while you're talking, oh. Susie. Oh, yeah, she's she's a wonderful kid. Oh, I, you didn't hear me say you were wonderful, did you? <laughs> she shrugged at me. <laughs> but so far, she's given me uh, a couple of drawings. She's uh, she called me bo- She's been calling me Bop Bop since she was a little baby. So my nickname is Bop Bop. Oh, that's so sweet. And... Uh, oh, that's the, so sweet. the latest card she's given me is a, a picture of a little girl with a bow in her hair, and it says Bop Bop, and I opened it, and basically it's a picture of me uh, with a bow in my hair, and I have huge muscles. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. There. Oh, she can hear you laugh on. She can cert- You can hear. She can hear Hi. you laughing at me. But Susie, I think now I want to. I, I want to know more about. Um, First of all, I want to read this part because you've been through a lot and people need to understand what you have been through. Uh, she literally, honest God, you barely escaped your burning home in uh, Malibu fires a few years Jeez. back. You lost everything. I, I mean, look what you've done. Mm-hmm. You you almost died in the fire. You barely escaped the house, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean so strange i had i had a very uh keen sense that i I so this is is a strange story but uh when i moved into this house and i was i was just renting it uh with two other friends and uh this huge crazy amazing house like overlooking the ocean and stupid like it had like it had um like kind of a like a tomato farm and a cucumber farm and it it was like you know it, it was just literally just overlooking the world in Malibu and it was this amazing gem of a house but I remember when I moved in and I had never been worried about fires and I just thought I was like yeah I don't know how I feel but like I just for some reason I I was very um neurotic about uh the fires you know I was like oh you know and so I went to my landlord and I was like uh, can you draw a map of like where to go in case of you know fires happen? And I I need you to to make sure that the um, the fire alarms are working and that you can install like carbon monoxide detectors. And he looks at me like there haven't been fires here for like ten like that never ha- like ten years it never happened blah 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 blah. Uh. And um, and I'm like no 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 like I insisted on it and this is so out of character for me. I mean, I just, and it was very strange. I had a real inkling that something, an intuition about it, that something could happen. And so, um, and so, uh, turns out, and then like that night of, um, I heard about the paradise fires and I remember thinking like the wind was like 50 mile an hour winds and it was so dry. And I was like, literally part of like, I would say a vast, like probably like eighty percent of me was saying, "Oh, there's going to be a fire tomorrow. Like you should take Ooh. Charlie to work today." And I'm thinking, "That's crazy. That's so crazy. I'm not like a fire, like 
you're crazy, girl. Like, in my head, like, there's just no way. But I'm thinking, no, this is take my dog to work day, you know. And I was just like, okay, this is bizarre. But, you know, I had an audition I had to put on tape. And I was like, eh, what's the big deal? I'll take Charlie with me. So that morning, um, so sure enough, like, suddenly I get text after text, but my now I have no cell service. There's no Wi-Fi. Um, and the only way that we could get cell service was through the Wi-Fi. And so, because we're, like, really in the boondocks. And um, and I'm thinking, like, and I hear this beeping, like, over and over again. And I'm like, is that the carbon monoxide detector going off? And I'm like, what is, what is, what is going on? It's, like, 7 in the seven in the morning, seven thirty, and I just get text after text from my sister being like, no, like the, the fires, are you okay? And my other friend in London being like, oh my God, Susie, are you okay? The fires. And I was like, are you talking about the paradise fires? Cause that's like in like near San Francisco. So I'm like, mm. so I take Charlie out and there's like no animals anywhere. Mm. And I was like, okay, this is odd. Normally yeah. like clockwork, you have like, we had so much wildlife. We had the birds, and there was always, like, it was always a thing. Like, I was, like, 6 in the morning. I'm like, oh, my God, the birds, they're always so loud. <laughs> it was just, like, all these parrots that people, I think, released into the wild. So all these parrots, and they're beautiful, but they would just always be squawking and talking and, you know, having their morning breakfast. And I was just like, oh, my God. And I was suddenly like, where are the birds? And I see this one little like, and there were no more bees. Like, normally the bees are always working, like, on this, um, like, on this bush, you know, when I would walk Charlie and all the animals. There was just such vast wildlife. And I was, like, suddenly it was gone. Like, a scary movie, like a, you know, like a Tom Cruise, War of the World movie <laughs> where you're, like, oh, this is really spooky, eerie, oh, my God. <laughs> and... I just see this, like, one little bird go, tree, 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 tree. And, I, and then suddenly I look up, and there is this impending, like, right above the hill. It looks like there is this giant um, thunderstorm that's going to implode, oh, sure. but it's actually not a thunderstorm. It is a spot. And so it's, like, literally, like, you know when you're a few minutes away from it, you know, you can feel the lightning, and you, or you can feel, like, the thunder because it's right there, and it's right on top of you. And I look up and I go, oh, no, this is really bad. And instead of, like, uh, the lightning that would be there, you know, it, it was a fireball. It was a fireball. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So I wake up, you know, uh, my roommates and wake them up. And I'm like, we got to go. And, and, and <laughs> it was always really terrifying to wake up one of my roommates. She's like, under no circumstances, you wake me up. And I was like, Sophia! Uh, <laughs> what do you want? And I was like, here's the thing. I would, this is an emergency. I wouldn't be waking you up unless it was an emergency. Uh, and I'm like, Sophia, you need, you need, she's like, what? And so she opens the door and I was like, come follow me. Look at this. And she's like, oh no, we got to leave. So we just like packed up, you know, you, you just grab whatever you can and you have this sort of like weird mindset that your mind tells you of like, you know, no, it's not a fire. It's just going to be a vacation for a weekend. Like, it's fine. You're just going to go out of town. It's going to be like, ooh, I'm like, vacation. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, and then the other side of you is, like, literally shaking. I'm literally shaking, trying to grab whatever I can. Meanwhile, the other voice is, like, trying to rationalize everything. And it was such a weird – it was so strange. And it was, like, the other voice was, like, trust me. You want to grab this dress. You're never going to see it again. And I was, like, no, I'm leaving it here. Like, it, it's just it's just crazy. 
see, because I, I, I didn't even, I didn't even, I grabbed a little carry-on suitcase. That's like all I grabbed, and I'm so mad at myself because there were so many things. I didn't like grab everything I could and like stuff it in the car because it was like this voice of, well, that'll be a pain in the ass if there is no fire, and I should have just left everything, and now it's a pain in the ass to put it all back and turns out um but my intuition my in- original intuition you know take charlie to work day and seeing that there was going to be a fire somehow i mean really wild stuff um so uh so when i knew weird uh, actually that night i just saw this vision and i just saw the house was gone Jeez. and i wake up and i start like i'm i'm like with my friend uh, with one of my really good friends and he had a like, house and i was like and I'm just like, it's gone. I, I know it's gone. I can see it. I, 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 I'm certain of it. And, um, like, I, I just knew in every cell in my body where it was like there was no question. And then that morning I saw what, the, like, the nearby street looked like and how it was so devastating. I was like, there's no way that house made it. And sure enough, a few days later, I'm with my best friend and find out that uh, the house is gone. And so, um, and so I, I'm with her at the time and, and, uh, she sort of, she's like, she's like, I totally understand. Like, that's so horrible. She's like, well, you have a choice. You can look at it this way. You could either say, um, you can either use this, like with everything that happens, there is always a blessing. There's always like the flip side of every, of, like of any energy. And you know, you can you can choose to alchemize this because there'll be like a vast amount of energy that you'll be able to manifest. You'll be able to create art. You'll be able to do so much in your life, like with this, or you know, you you can just let it go and sort of wallow and stay there and blah blah blah. And so that day was when I really learned that no matter what happens, there you have a choice. You know, and I I chose to you know obviously like cry about it and you know more than that as I was moving through it but also like focus my energy on how can I turn this around and use this to my benefit how can I you know um it's like in every great like stock market uh broker or like really great like person who's great at stocks it's like you can use any negative thing in the world and make a lot of money you know mm-hmm. right so that's sort of like the sort of the flip side of of this as well and so I was like okay you know, and as an experiment, just to test it out, I, I mean, that's kind of like how I do things is I like to kind of like just as an experiment or as like a scientist be like, all right, you know what? I'm because, you know, I know what one path definitely looks like. I can cry about it and, da, 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 and that's what that looks like. Or I can just experiment and try this. And literally, like, I was able to start manifesting like so much money in my life and then, you know, uh I mean, this is a wild, this is so wild. Uh, so I, when I was about 16, I had this movie star's poster on my wall and thought that he was great and blah, blah, blah. Turns out, like, a week before we had gone on a date, um, <laughs> just meeting, you know, and, and um, so we'd gone on a date, and then um, he, like, you know, was checking in, and, you know, I was, like, shared that my house had burned, you know, the, the the place that I was renting and I lost everything and so he's like hey you can stay with me so here I am in my like childhood like my childhood crush like movie star like so so I'm like swinging in the back of his like like in his giant 
you know, mansion, you know, it's like $26 million, like, home here. And so I come with, like, a little bag, and he's like, that's it? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, you're welcome to stay with me, like, here, you know, uh, you can stay in uh, my daughter's room, like, she doesn't, she doesn't stay here, like, she's, she's older, so I, I was just like, this is so, this is so bizarre, you know, and then I'm running lines with him that day for his latest movie, and so it was such a weird thing suddenly you know and the outpouring from so many people and so many friends had reached out and were spending money and because I, I literally lost everything I had nothing I was like homeless and Jeez. here I am swinging on the swing in the backyard and just being like wow what is life like this is so crazy like I had wanted to work with him or manifest him for years like somehow in my life and here I am like now we're friends and he was such a gentleman and um you know, it was sort of like summer camp where he's like, hey, you want to go downstairs and grab an ice cream? Like, <laughs> so, um, it was, but it was, it was just great. Like, it was so sweet and innocent of like, hey, I'm going through a divorce. Your house just burned down. Like, let's just like be like, it, it was, it was a very, you know, he was, I will always have love for that man for the rest of my life just because, you know, he like took care of me. You know, as I was going through something really horrific, but it was also like this, um, you know, it was like anything I, like, literally to the universe, anything I wanted, like, I could manifest it. It was so crazy. Um, yeah, and so when I started to still, like, you know, I think there were so many benefits to the fire, and, you know, I sort of took a time out, like, a year later and had to sit with myself and kind of... I guess, unbox and go through all the trauma. Like, not just, like, the fire. The fire sort of really, it was sort of like, you know, obviously that fire burns everything to the ground, but it's sort of like the phoenix rises again, and that was sort of, you know, as things were burning to the ground, there was nothing, like, left to stand on, and I felt like I had to just, you know, sit through everything and sort through all the boxes and sort through everything. It was sort of like God had, you know, I wasn't working at the time, and, and it was sort of like work didn't seem to really be working for me, pun <laughs> uh, intended. And, um, yeah, and that's when I also found neurofeedback, which really, like, changed my life also because I, I couldn't get out of this state of fight or flight. And so I was forced to search for things to, you know, because I think, like, there, was so many, there were so many other things that had happened in addition to just this trauma. So uh, the neurofeedback got me back in my body, got me back, like, being able to alchemize, like, all the lessons. And so if the fire hadn't happened, I wouldn't have um, looked for this book called The Body Keeps the Score. And if I didn't read the book The Body Keeps the Score, I wouldn't have found out this, like, stu this study that was done about, like, PTSD that, you know, basically you have, like, a 100% rate of, like, cure, like, you can cure PTSD um, through neurofeedback. And there was, like, a study that was done that was basically, like, it was, like, 95 to, like, eventually if you just do it enough, like, if you have enough sessions, it's, like, 100%. Like, we're talking, like, Vietnam vets, and it, you know, and no one, no one was talking about it. No one knew about this study and this book. And, and so through that, that's when my life really, you know, uh, changed. And that's when I started, that's when I booked The Purge, that's when I started, I did a movie with Will Smith. I mean, almost immediately after, like, a session or two, a couple sessions, my life 
literally started to change. And so because I, um, you know, it was sort of like whatever God, it was like God wants me to put me in a timeout, so I have to surrender to this. It was sort of like really learning the art of surrendering so you can, like, use that energy to, like, wherever God's trying to take you, the more that you try to fight it, it's like, oh, this, like, there's been so many times in my life where it's like, oh, this relationship's wrong for you, you know, this isn't healthy, and yet I'm... I'm sort of like dumb and dumber being like, you're saying there's a chance, you know, <laughs> like clinging like right. a stage five clinger, you know, when I should not be doing that. And so um, kind of like that, where I, I started to fully surrender and fully let go and be like, all right, God, like you're steering the ship. Like I'm listening to you and I'm going to, you know, and, and that's when, when that, when those things started to happen is when all these like, this new energy and all these like powerful lessons and, and everything started to change in my life. And, you know, so, and it just, it, the fire was the gift that kept on giving. Um, I mean, yep. I went from having it be one of the most devastating things to one of the best things that ever happened to me, like on a myriad of levels, like on every level, like had I had that fire not happen, I would not have a four picture deal. I would not have, um, you know, be talking to you right now, like about my movie and, you know, how, and being able to share this lesson. But I'm telling you, like, it's so interesting that if, if people knew that more, that if they knew that some of the worst things that will happen to you, if you let them, like they will be the best things that ever happen to you. And it's hard to see within that at the time. Cause it's like, you know, you're just, it's so extraordinarily painful, but there's always like, what I have found with every, like with every, um, with energy, there's always a flip side to it. So, you know, even, even good things, it's like, even when things are like going well, you're like, uh Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's balance, but every time, but, but every time, you know, that things are going like really poorly, just know that that just, uh, mathematically is, you know, something will, will turn around. And, and if you like trust that and let that and try to find the blessings within that, like really focus on it, like just trusting that I know that there's going to be blessings here. I mean, and yeah. And so I started to apply that system to my life where, you know, um, when my grandma had passed away, you know, I knew like it was really sad that she had, she had Alzheimer's for like the last 50, 15 years and she, you know, she wasn't there anymore. Um, so, but it was really, really strange. So I knew like as painful as that was to lose someone that you love so much, um, you know, it was like, okay, well, what are the blessings here? Let me try this again. Let me focus on like next thing, you know, like I, you know, I thought like Dave Chappelle was like the coolest, like, right. I love his comedy and, and next thing you know, I'm at Nobu, and who's sitting next to me at the bar is Dave Chappelle. And I'm, like, Jeez. next to my friend being, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm, like, it's just, wow, you know what I love him. He's amazing. And she's, like, she doesn't even care. She's just, like, oh, let's start chatting. And it was actually um, Muhammad uh, Amir, who's also a comedian, who has, like, a hit show on oh, Netflix. Yeah. So we're mm -hmm. also chatting with them. And we're really getting into it. And then all of a sudden, uh, Dave's, like, hey, you want to go to Peppermint? I'm like, hell yeah, I want to go to the Peppermint. It was like this, like, club, like, very exclusive club. So we roll into his, like, car with the two of them. And next thing you know, I'm, like, at this party, like, roll up. There's 
you know, uh, Snoop Dogg <laughs> smoking some weed. And, like, oh. and then there's JC. And then he's like, hey, let's go in the back. And so now I'm sitting with Tiffany Hadish, who I freaking love, and T.I., and Dave, and we're just chatting, and we're chatting about how I just lost everything in the fire. He's like, man, you need to call me. Like, I could have hooked you up. You could have stayed at my place. And I'm like, what is my life right now? <laughs> I'm like, how is this happening? Yeah. What the hell? It is wonderful. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the movie is uh, airing on Great American Family on the 27th, which, of course, was just a couple of days ago. Also uh, going to be available on Philo, uh, Hulu, and Sling. So head Oh, and then it says, so heads up on that front. I like that. <laughs> but i got to read something because this really, really impresses me, and I'm very serious about this. i got to go back to what we were talking about earlier, when your house caught on fire. She barely escaped her burning home during the Malibu fires a few years back. She lost everything. It really shook her up. But through some deep soul-searching, she feels that uh, was, uh, was once uh, her greatest tragedy became a valuable life lesson for her about gratitude. You're a very smart person, Susie, and you, it sounds like you come from a pretty good family. To turn around what happened to you. Look, if you call me the wrong, or the wrong pronoun these days, I'm deeply hurt and I'm a victim. I mean, my God, everybody's a victim now. You actually were a victim of a fire, but you turned it around and, and turned it into gratitude. That's amazing, Susie, what you did. Well, you know what? Here's, here's what's really interesting, and I would love to jump in on that because I feel like when I was going through some of these things, I would probably say that there was some, some sort of a victim mindset of, why me? Why with right, me? Right, right. And that can and and especially like, I mean, look, it, I don't really believe in identity because we're like human consciousness, like operating through like the human experience, and I think it limits you every time that you put labels on yourself. Like I'm not a, you know, and and I think, I think. Here, here. I mean, I mean, this, this, there's so much to unpack with all that, and that does go back to like history and stuff. And I, I I'll touch on it briefly, but um, I think, you know, I think with like the women's movement, Black Lives Matter. I think what this is my, you know, this is my observation that I think what had happened was, you know, a certain way of living and humans, humans push the envelope to the very, you know, they, people want to get their way by it. Like, you know, and, and sometimes in a lot of ways, I think, uh, that was abusive, like to minorities, to women, we, you know, we were like softer, we had to carry for, you know, care for babies. I mean, there's a whole, and so I think when black lives matter, it was like, even though we had progressed, we're so much better than we ever were like in the Mm -hmm. sixties. Like that was like a really terrible time, you know? women's rights and, and, uh, black lives matter, like, you know, Martin Luther King and, and just everything that was sort of, uh, happening, we were in way rougher shape, but I think there was sort of this watershed moment with George Floyd, but I also think like with the Me Too, where it was like the status quo had been a certain way for so many years until we finally were like, we don't want to take this shit anymore. Like we were just like, we're we're done with this. Don't, we don't like this. This is horrible. And I think that was maybe 30 to a hundred to, you know, a couple of that, like 
we used to live like Game of Thrones. You know, like it was legal to rape your wife up right. until like the, yeah. the 90s. Like that, and that was in the that was in the law, like the built-in laws. So there was sort of like a mindset where, you know, I remember growing up, like you know, it, it's just yo know, boys will be boys, like whatever, and it's just. And I and I really don't care. I'm not interested in, I, at least for me, like I'm not interested in identity because I think that that can happen um, with any gender, with anybody. Like abuses of of power and control, you know, like that can happen anywhere, anytime, with anyone, you know. So, um, so, but I think for a really long time, I think, so, I think there was a lot of ways in which the world was run that we like a lot of women, like we, we, you know, like for me, I wasn't really taught to really stand my ground, stand up for myself. I mean, to a certain degree, but you know, not with authority. And so that's where like the whole me too sort of thing was like, no, 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 like be a good girl. Like don't stand up for yourself, like with authority because they're right and you're wrong. And so I think that there was this idea of just, and it wasn't necessarily, that could have been with a man or a woman, like, standing up to authority. Uh, but I think with the whole Me Too, it was like, okay, the world has been run in a certain way, and, and Black Lives Matter. I was like, and you know what? Uh, we want to renegotiate. <laughs> like, this is not okay. We're not okay with this. This is really messed up. And so I think right. that was like, that happened, you know, like, like, so many years too late kind of thing. And so it's sort of like, it's like when someone finally goes to therapy and they're finally like they're dealing with everything, but now they're still stuck in this sort of trauma mindset. And I know this because I, I live this and my father, um, little backstory, I think on why I, I look at the world, maybe the way that I do is also my father was in a concentration camp as a child in world war two. Uh, I think it was a Russian like gulag work camp, um, where he would see people murdered in front of him and he, you know, after the war, um, when they were liberated, he uh, fled to the States and um, he literally, like, had nothing but the shirt on his back and, like, went to Harvard Business School and, you know, was a world-class, he won the World Cup in rowing. I mean, my dad is, like, proof that no matter what happens to you and, you know, seeing the atrocities of, of real war, being in a concentration camp, it doesn't get worse than that. No. You know, so it's like he, he was never a victim. He clearly had PTSD from that. But I guess sure. my point is, is that with everything, like with the movements that happen, um, I think that people realize that, you know, you can get attention from that. You can, you know, you, you can, um, you can uh, gain currency. And I'm not saying that that's always the case, but I do know, like, that is sort of the thing that you can get brownie points, but like, we're all going to die. Like one day we're all going to die. Like whether people have it really easy in the beginning of life, eventually like everyone they love will die. Like, and if they live long enough, they'll be able to witness that and see that. Like, so like no one's getting out here with an easy, like, <laughs> with an e like an easy way of life. And so I think this idea of like holding a currency of like, I, have more oppression than you it's like right. dude we're all the same like sure like you might like right now be getting more in this area or more in that but like if you look at someone's life and you go through it like through a fine tooth comb like you will find more 
like in common and be like, oh, wow. Like every time, and I think I did this with my friend. I mean, if I'm being completely transparent, I thought that my life was so hard. My best friend had a brain tumor and had to relearn how to walk. She was told, you're never going to walk again. She was a superstar athlete. She was a soccer player. And at no point did she ever really bring that up. And she had terrible things happen to her as a child. Terrible. And she never brought those up on her. And I'd be like, this happened, blah, blah, blah. It's a, like my fire. Be-. And she was like, y- y-. and this is the same person, uh, my same best friend who was like, you can, you can either use this, you know, or, and she's deaf in one ear because she, uh, they had to take out like the brain tumor in it. So my, my point is, is, if you start digging up someone's life and, and going through it, like, trauma will happen like that's just inevitability you know it's like it just it just will you're, you're going to lose people things are going to happen whether it's a fire or a car accident or you know whatever that is it's like there's so many things that can happen to a person so i don't think it's it doesn't benefit for someone to stay in the victim mindset i mean it's you can do it it's just i know for my own personal life that i'm only remaining stuck and i'm not going to be able to receive the bigger, grander things that God wants for me. If I stay in the, the victim mindset, I'm limiting myself to only stay there and only attract these very small, minor wins when I can go, okay, all right, I have to be grateful for this. I have to, like, learn from this. I have to, you know, what are the lessons, what, what are the ways in which I can use this and use and learn new tools from this? And the minute you do that... Like, the, the world opens up in the most grandest way that you could ever, like, you couldn't even realize and hope, like, it's just, it's pretty extraordinary. So, you know, I mean, I get it. Like, I don't know everyone's, like, individual struggle, you know, and I don't think it's, like, I think there's a mob mentality where it's, like, everyone wants to lump everyone with everyone else. And it's like, no, everyone's an individual. Like, yep. everyone has their own unique story, and they're not, like, in this group. Because, like, Everyone, we're all the same, yet we have our own unique story also. So it's, you know, and it's like, don't, you know, cut yourself short, I guess. And so, yeah, and so I guess that's why it's like, you know, I understand the movements. And I, you know, when the Me Too movement came out, like, I definitely was, like, super triggered. And it affected me a lot. And a lot of my own personal stuff came up. And I felt like I wanted to, like, really jump on that bandwagon. But I had to, again, like, look at myself, you know, internally and, and look at myself. Well, where where did I participate in that? Like, where's my responsibility? How could I have prevented this? Because also, here's the thing, that even if it's, like, 5% or responsibility or, like, whatever that is, whatever that participation, like, if I didn't speak up, like, where where could I have, like made things better for myself like I had to learn where did I go wrong and that's not to say that I'm like blaming myself entirely but like I had to take a hard look at myself because I never wanted those things to happen again and if you're a victim then you're just a victim of the whim of the world and wherever it takes you and you know it's like you have no control over your life and I was like well I don't want that that's that's crap. Like, that's, that's... Oh, they cut her off. 
Oh, they sure did. I wanted to say goodbye to Susie. I thought Susie was wonderful. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Cast, Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Hey, this Brian's up. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. One thing you need to understand about Susie Abramite, she was in two of the biggest movies of the year, King Richard, uh, and then The Purge. She was in the latest Purge. Uh, her Forever movie, Purge. Forever Purge. Yeah, Forever Purge. She, um, sounds she wrote a hit song. She did? Yeah, there she's was a, like a big, couple of really big songs. She was a sixth-ranked tennis player. Yeah, I know. This what? woman's done everything. States? This woman has done everything. Did you see her picture? Yeah. She's stunningly beautiful. Yeah, she is. I mean, this woman's got everything, and she went through this horrible thing, and instead of going, oh, I'm a victim, she'll say, hey, I learned from it. Okay. I See, really Dad, liked her a lot. Manifestation works. Mm-hmm. I tell you. I'm telling you. I, you don't I was, listen, I maybe you'll listen to Susie. <laughs> I was very impressed with Susie, I will tell you that. She was ranked six for junior tennis. Yeah. 
and she well, and she, done uh, she was recruited to Duke, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. She played and varsity she, at Duke. And they thought, yeah, everybody wanted her to be a tennis star, but she decided to be an actress. God. Well, okay then. <clears throat> I I'm telling you what, I'm sorry, but I was very very impressed with her. She's very very she she basically could sit there and whine and all wow. the rest of it like everybody. Oh, I'm a victim. She doesn't. <laughs> It, like, it, let me move forward. Yeah, it's been interesting because you know I've had like a a rough the uh, around six months with family stuff. Yeah. Not you guys, yeah. you know. But oh, not this family. What are you trying to well, say? Well, Tom always, but um. Tom always. Tom always. Okay. But, you know, it's just there's been a Boy, lot of stuff being time. heaped on me, and yeah, it's there like sure is. yeah, and I'm like I I can I kept on uh, last few days I've been what am I supposed to be learning from this? What is this all about? What, what? you know? It's interesting that she started talking about that because. It is, you know, life is. Yet no one comes out alive, as they say. That's it. So you know, very impressive, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of impressive, Heather Nelson with us. How are you doing, Heather? I'm good. How are you? Did you enjoy the interview? I did. That is quite a trauma story, her fire story. Yeah. Really? That woman talked yeah. for 45 straight minutes. <laughs> yeah. I know. We barely, we barely said anything. Yeah. I yeah. love she And she was, supposed, she was supposed to be off 15 minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. She, like, <laughs> she was just cut. She I, was I told cut Art, out. I was like, we're trying to uh, outro her. But... <laughs> but... So we just cut her. We <laughs> couldn't. <laughs> Heather Nelson, ladies and gentlemen, Heather is one of the uh, investigators leading the 10,000 families study. That's all I want to say about it. What's the 10,000 family study? Well, the 10,000 family study is a study of Minnesota families and health. And I actually want to just, can I just take over and start with something else? Heather, Um, fire up. I wanted to start with some trivia. Oh dear. I think it's Ask Andy today. Did I hear that? It is. Yes. It's Ask Andy today. Yeah, we did that. He's good at trivia. Oh, well, okay. I'm going to ask Andy. Mm. <laughs> what, what are the top three cancers in, in the U.S.? Uh, it's got to be lung. That's uh, probably number one, I would guess. Colon. Uh, liver. Oh, interesting guesses. All right, family. Anybody else? That'll sound good to me. I feel like I know lung is one of them. Lung's got to be number yeah. one. Although, I don't know, colon cancer's got to be up there, too. I don't know. I would trust Andy if he told me any of the weirdest cancers. Because he's <laughs> so just Andy's right things. if you wanted to say um, cancer death. So lung cancer is oh. number one for cancer death. Oh, okay. How about oh, now that I've okay. Okay. distinguished cancer death, cancer yes. death oh, okay. versus all cancer, what would okay. you put? Breast, 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 breast and prostate. Breast and prostate. And then okay. um, lung. And lung and is the number one for mortality. And skin. So skin bing, bing, is a bing, problem. Bing, bing, in bing. Bing. Colon, it's colon first, right? Look, not first. After those big three, colon, and then we come down with melanoma. Melanoma is a real problem in Minnesota. We have higher rates than other places in the country so it's it's one of those no yeah. sunshine uh, our sun is extra harsh though i swear this like, year it definitely is well, but i mean like when we like... go down to florida i don't feel like the sun is as burning it's as it is because of the angle yeah. of the earth yep yep Absolutely. exactly yep. and i think we yeah. just experience it different here well, and that could also well, be... we also have a lot of very light skin blue say, eyed yeah and we have yeah. Yeah. unfortunate yeah. genetics mm-hmm. for skin cancer mm-hmm. i agree yes. yeah so i wanted to talk a little bit just to kind of think about how we figure out what causes cancer and back to lung cancer so you know after the wars there was this uh, dramatic increase in lung cancer, right? And they're trying to figure out what it was. Really? Yeah. So this is the beginning of cancer epidemiology in our country and understanding the causes of cancer. So what do you think um, were the suspects? Before- Asbestos? Well, no, it wasn't oh. a suspect until later. 
But. Actually, asbestos was on the list. So oh, the really? doctors were starting to think, what, what is it? What were maybe their top three or four things they were considering? Air pollution. Air pollution, good one. Mm. Cars. Yep. Yeah. I didn't know. I, th I thought Radon. that asbestos wasn't uh, suspected to be a problem until much later. It was on the suspect list, but they weren't sure. Mm. Great guess. So um, very strong tie between asbestos and mesothelioma. Yep. And then it's, it's also true for lung cancer, but it wasn't as clear in the beginning. You're right. Mm. So how did they decide which of these things it was that was causing this epidemic of lung cancer? I'm guessing they did a population study. There you go. So it started with, um, in the UK, they just did a simple hospital study, and they looked at people who had lung cancer in the hospital and people who didn't. And those who had lung cancer were cigarette smokers. So that was kind of the first, okay, right. this is probably it. So then what they did um, was a much more careful study where they took, it was physicians because they figured they could track them because there was a registry and they would know how to report their health and their okay. behaviors. Okay, mm. so they took all these physicians in the UK and followed them forward in time and watched to see who got lung cancer and heart disease. And that is how they actually established the risk of cigarette smoking in these cancers. Um, and so what we're doing in Minnesota is something similar, except not just focusing on physicians, but anybody in Minnesota who wants to participate and following them forward in time to understand what causes cancer and what protects us from cancer. And our focus is on cancer, but it's designed in a way where we could study lots of different health outcomes. That's amazing. I, I, honestly, God, we... Just how long have was, been, Sorry. Yeah. No, I was going to... Well, no, once you jump in, because I was just going to point out that you just lost your sister yeah. uh, on Thursday, but it yes. wasn't a cancer. No, she had a brain bleed. I'm sorry to hear that. And, you know, and everybody's like, thank you. Um, why, 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 why did this happen? Mm -hmm. Why did this happen? Everyone's yeah. asking me, yeah. do they know why? Do they know yeah. why? And I'm like, yeah. I asked the doctor, Jeremiah Johnson. His mm. name actually is Jeremiah Johnson, but wow. is he also a country <laughs> singer? Nobody's a woodsman. He's a big time woodsman. <laughs> anyway, um, and he said, oh, "Well, I said, did she hit her head? Because that would make sense. Yeah. Um, she was found unconscious. Maybe she whacked, you know, fell for some reason, whacked her head, got a brain bleed. That would make that would at least that makes people feel better when there's a reason. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. It's like how can it. I not get a brain bleed? Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. And yeah. then he's yeah. like, we can, we don't know." Yeah. We have no idea. It could be genetic. I'm like, great. Great. Cool. It was fun to learn. Fabulous. Um, could be that she, well, she was on blood thinners. Yeah, that's. And she might have had just like a weak spot. Who? Yeah. He's like, we really don't know. I'm like, that doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah. And well, I can, but I now can I can that. say for sure that I, they don't know. I wonder, yeah. Did they take her platelet levels? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> they don't very know. little information <laughs> uh, we just don't know so i mean it's just like yeah i mean is there yeah a study like that isn't going to really help with a genetic component but you know she had had some other strokes a yeah. few years ago mm -hmm. so there's stuff going on she had a heart condition kind of thing it was like was all this related to something environmental or perhaps some lifestyle yeah. or stuff. a combination of environment mm -hmm. and yeah. genetics mm -hmm. and, and that's yeah. sort of why we need these big studies and need you know people to step up and participate in citizen science by being in studies and providing their information because how else will we find you know the clues mm -hmm. to right. what, what are causing these yeah. diseases one thing population studies always make me think of is are you aware of the <laughs> japanese smoking paradox 
Uh, basically, in Japan, smoking is extremely common. Everyone smokes in Japan. And yet their lung cancer incidence is lower than it is in America. Yeah. So there's always these confounding factors that you have to, like, so why do they have, mm -hmm. you know, do they have some sort of gene that protects them against cigarette smoke? Are they smoking different kinds of cigarettes? That sort of thing. Yeah. Yep, smoke differently. And then there's really interesting studies where they'll follow people when they change countries, right, and start adapting the behaviors mm -hmm. of their new country and how oh. that changes rates over time. Uh, yep. Yep. A lot of has been done on that, both around smoking, diet, obesity, with these uh, migration studies. Yep. Yep. I always wonder about um, like people that smoke marijuana. Mm. It's like, okay, great. I don't have any. Don't care what you do. But are they spraying that stuff? Is that a heavily sprayed crop for you? And are you going to be honest about something like that when somebody does a lifestyle yeah. study? Yeah. yeah. Are so, they going to say? Yeah. And, and nobody's going to know where where they're sourcing this stuff from. Yep. So you really can't trace it back to one place to see if this area was sprayed with you know pesticides or or whatever yep and i mean when you're smoking it you are also exposed to combustion products so mm -hmm. i've done head and neck cancer for a long time and we tried 20 years ago to ask about marijuana use and head and neck cancer and it was illegal nobody wanted to answer the questions mm -hmm. so i'll be curious how it changes over time the ability oh, to actually yeah. study those questions <clears throat> yeah so thinking about minnesota you know what are kind of the environmental exposures you guys are worried about do you well, think about the it? Water, 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 pollution. Yep. Pollution. We live fairly close well, to we, a highway. Radon is a big radon. radon. radon, is, a big so one, yeah. radon is one of the ones that we're studying in our um, cohort we study. Lot of we have a in huge Minnesota. radon problem. We got and a mitigation system, yeah. Especially up in like uh, St. Cloud area, you can't even believe the radon levels up mm -hmm. in some yep. of these. And so one of the benefits of participating in the study is we will be doing um, providing radon testing for the home and results back for participants. Um, so if you're interested in getting your home tested for radon, I hope you'll consider participating in the study. You know, 40% of homes in Minnesota are above the threshold for getting mitigated. And, you know, if you're above that threshold, it's estimated to be equivalent to eight cigarettes per day. Whoa. No joke. Yeah. That's wow. a lot. It's a lot. And you think about, you know, kids and whether that, you know, early life exposure has mm -hmm. impacts, you know, down the line once they're adults of cancer age. So I spent the first 18 years of my life in the basement. So Hopefully did we I. had our radon system. I'm guessing we didn't. No, but we had we had test we had tested and it was within acceptable oh, levels. Okay. Which I mean there is really no acceptable level mm, of no. it. Zero, but you can't a, a Not, lot of times even yeah. with the mitigation system you can't get it down to zero. No, you can't. Yeah. When no. it was a half basement, so that helped. Yeah. yeah. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It is a big concern in Minnesota for sure. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Really so it, you mentioned water. That's another one that we're concerned about and we're looking at those PFOS chemicals, the perfluoroalkyl mm. substances mm -hmm. that make wonderful scotch guard and waterproof teflon, teflon. yep the those old, chemicals as teflon, well right? yep yeah. yep and um i think that work is really controversial because we we don't know what the health impacts of those are you know there's some clues coming out certainly with cancer it's not well established yet so we're we're working hard in that space one of the cool parts of doing that research you know the silicon wristbands i walk for blank or, mm -hmm. yeah. Right. yeah so you can use those to do exposure assessment so participants in the study will wear one of those bands for five days and mail it back to us and we're collaborating with somebody at duke who can 
take all the chemicals out of that band and figure out what you were exposed to. So we'll be oh. looking at all of these PFAS chemicals. I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's like, don't tell me. Don't tell me. You just so you that have a choice. So. You have a choice how you, whether you want to get the information back and how okay. you would get the information back. So for some people, because you have some control over it, you know, the health department, the pollution control agency, is doing a lot of work on water testing across the state mm -hmm. and uh, making sure levels are in an acceptable range. But we're exposed to all sorts of other ways as well. For example, the dust in our homes, which may have um, come from the couch that's covered in waterproofing material or stain-proofing material. So by wearing the wristband, we'll get both what people are exposed to in the air mm. and um, what they're exposed to in the water. And you can make personal choices that reduce your exposures. So if you find out, oh, wow, I'm kind of on the high end compared to everybody else in my community, maybe I want to make different choices with you know, what I'm cooking with, what um, skincare products I'm using, because it's really in lots of stuff. Well, there was a documentary about that whole that river in the on the east coast that the company was was it DuPont? Yeah, they oh, were dumping Dubai, all yeah. the yeah they were yep. illegally dumping all of these chemicals in this river and all of these people had terrible health problems. Yep. and the they were lying and lying and lying about it. It yep. just was. I watch that stuff. I get so. Man, <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know if I can watch this stuff anymore. <laughs> it makes me crazy. Yeah, I agree. And that was um, an important uh, study, right? There was a study that came out. Part of the settlement um, was to, uh, DuPont had to give money to researchers to actually study how much the water contamination was contributing to health. And that gave us some clues on what cancers we should probably be looking for when we do further epidemiology studies. Similar to with the lung cancer story, you know, they started with that hospital-based study, like mm -hmm. what are the clues here? And then we can do more careful studies going forward with, you know, real, you know, measuring exposure in people and not just their water source. Yeah, because if you, if you look and at, at what the, what is legally allowed to be dumped into a river, yeah. it is quite shocking. Is how shocking. much raw sewage, how Ugh. much industrial waste can yeah. be. Because at one time they thought that rivers cleaned themselves yeah. because of the, you know, bubbling and the currents and all that kind of stuff that it would clean itself. It's like, now we know about these forever chemicals. Exactly. Just, yeah. 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 Gross. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Heather. She's all whipped up. I'm now. glad you're whipped up. I want to say, I think people should be whipped up and mm -hmm. want to yeah. participate. And there's opportunities to participate. So, you know, I love coming and talking to people about, you know, cancer and the environment. Um, there are opportunities to enroll in the study. We have uh, three days at the State Fair coming up where people can stop by the driven to discover building and learn more about the study and enroll if you're fascinated by aliens ghosts cryptid creatures like bigfoot then i have the show for you the paranormal 60 with dave schrader each week we investigate different claims of the supernatural bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms tune in pocket Casts, teaser amazon music audible podcast addict pod chaser google podcast Castbox, spotify iHeartRadio. Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. And we are back with Stretch's picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. 
those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home. Listed on the MLS and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Where is this building? This building is, uh, boy, I should have looked up the address. But if you walk in the main gates, what's that main drag there that the parade goes down? Snelling? Nope, inside the gates. Oh. Cosgrove, maybe? I don't know. If you walk it in the main right. gates and head to the when right. When I go there, I'm like, oh, I know, I know, I know all yeah. of this. So if you go yeah. in and you head to the right, the Driven to Discover building, which is a fantastic idea. There are many groups there doing research studies that you can participate in. Some of them are just quickies, and some are more long-term, like ours. Um, so it's a university-sponsored building. Any given day, there's about 8 to 10 different groups in there doing interesting research. So it's a great opportunity for Minnesotans to participate in science. How long of a commitment is it to a family? To participate in this? Mm-hmm. Well... That's a great question. You know, at minimum, we would want you to participate for a few years. We do follow up every couple of years. We'd send you a questionnaire. And, you know, we will let this go as long as we possibly can. The longer families stay in the study, the more answers we can, the more questions we can answer. What, when was it started? We um, just got National Cancer Institute funding this past year to ask these specific environmental questions. Um, we've been in the field um, practicing and getting ready for this moment for about three years. Okay, and then what kind of time commitment can someone? How long will it take to do this initial? Mm -hmm. So here's what happens: you can go to our website or stop at the fair, and our website is ten the letter ten kfs um, dot umn dot edu, and you fill out a screener. So to be eligible, you need to be 18 or older and a Minnesota resident, and get one more family member to join in the study. So we need two family members, mm-hmm. you and one other person. Mm-hmm. And the other person can live in Minnesota or one of the surrounding states. So you fill out this little screener, only takes probably about five minutes. Um, if you're eligible, you'll get an email and inviting you and your family to participate in the study. You'll fill out a questionnaire, which I think takes about 40 minutes. And then we'd ask you to come to one of these health visits, which is similar to just that intake part of a doctor's visit, where you do height and weight and some tape measure and some pee and some blood and um, just get the basic biometrics from you. Okay. And then after that, it's every couple years, we'll send you a questionnaire, give us a little update. 
Is it getting a lot better? And the reason I ask is I do this thing with television. I go back to the 50s and the 60s to watch TV to see how life has changed. And <laughs> it's changed a lot. What? I'm not... I'm not exaggerating when I say I watch Dragnet or you no, know, he's Alfred not Hitchcock. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock, yeah. One Step Beyond. That's what he does. Every single scene, mm-hmm. everybody's smoking a mm-hmm. cigarette. Yep. Everybody. I know. Uh, do you have a cigarette? Yeah, I have a cigarette. Yeah, you got a cigarette? Everybody's smoking it's a cigarette. Product, cigarette. It was probably product placement back then. Yeah. One of the things I will mention that I haven't, I didn't mention on the morning show at all because it's like, this was, so this was 70 years ago. Well, no, 65 years ago, okay? So a guy, his buddy, he goes to pick up his buddy at his house, and his buddy locks the door behind him. He goes, oh, I was going to leave a message for my wife, and I forgot. Let me go back. And he goes, no, no, just leave it out there. He left it in the hand, the outstretched hand, of a black lawn jockey. (laughs) When's the last time you saw a black lawn jockey? Do you even know what a lawn jockey is, Catherine? Yes, yes. I do. Yeah, it's, I know what a lawn jockey is. But I mean, it's like, what? <laughs> to see that in, 90, in 2022, it's like, whoa. I think you can find those on eBay. No, oh, I'm, I'm sure you can. Probably. Really? Oh, yeah. you, you can still? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure curious. you can. I bet you can. I'm I'm sure. still, I still see them when you're driving around the country. And most do people you have really? painted them white. Oh, they painted them white now. So they're not. Yeah, it was just so weird. But he, put, he like puts it in the hand, the outstretched yeah. hand of the lawn jockey. But everybody, do you have a cigarette? Yeah. Hey, do you have a cigarette? Hey, would you like a cigarette? It's all about cigarettes. Yep. Everything yep. in those shows. Yep. So we have made some strides. Huge strides, Good. and you know Good. the changes in smoking have really changed cancer in this country. Rates have come oh, way good, down, good. and there's um, some new initiatives underway to decrease the nicotine content in cigarettes, so okay. that will cut down on addiction as well, so people smoke how, less. How about it, vaping? Vaping is a great question. Ugh. And there's... Um, scary. <laughs> there's a lot of work going on in that space at the university. I think it's tricky. You know, if it, if it keeps people from smoking combusted tobacco that's a good thing okay yeah um but it's a terrible gateway towards smoking traditional you know um commercial tobacco which is not good so you know it's the kids that's a real problem i mean nicotine itself is not the problem other than it's addictive and makes you smoke all the gum a question for you yeah how did we ever get to, oh, look at that leaf. I think I'll roll it up and start it on fire and inhale it. Well, people have been doing that for what? thousands yeah. of years. Even like Why? Fair, fairies. Yeah. Like, let's eat this one. Maybe I'll die. Maybe it'll be delicious. Yeah. But, I mean, but smoke, so, smoke is just, I mean, is weird. Smoke, you would think, just as a human species, smoke means fire. Yeah, no animals combust bad. things on purpose. No, they do not. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Know, if you're, no a, sense. you're a medieval peasant and your options are, you know, toil away or toil away while high, you're probably going to pick the latter, even if it does kill I know, you. But just all the, all the things that you could burn and breathe in, you'd have to do a lot of experimentation before you found one that oh, made yeah. you I'm sure feel every plant, <laughs> All the leaves. I'm sure every plant on earth has been smoked by someone at some point. No, that's probably true. 90% of it went poorly, but... <laughs> The other 10% people were like, hey, check this out. Well, I think we, you know, commercially changed it so people smoked it a lot. And they had yeah. a very oh. different experience with oh, it. Yeah. So, it, you know, yeah, how that evolved is about is, money, yeah. up to your money. Chain smoking is a more modern thing. 
Yeah. Well, I just the whole vaping thing though. We don't. You don't always know where those cartridges are coming from. You don't no. know what they're. Putting that is one in thing. Them. Is yes, yeah, sourcing yeah. the uh, and the, the flavor juice. Yep, the flavorings are possibly a problem. More I remember uh, there was yeah. a yeah. buttered popcorn flavor <laughs> that was very popular. Buttered popcorn smoke. But the <laughs> butter, vape, the vape, butter yeah. flavor when it combusts, I think is carcinogenic. Well, it's like butter oh. lung. Popcorn lung yeah. is what yeah. it was called. Popcorn, Popcorn lung, which yeah. they figured out from a plant in Nebraska that was making microwave popcorn. And the workers yeah, came down that. with this, yep. you know, lung disease, which is almost, I think, reverse emphysema, basically. <laughs> Terrible. And then there was um, case reports of people, you know, people had like these microwave popcorn addictions. They just loved it. Oh, yes. And they'd yeah. open it up and they'd take a big sniff yeah. of it. Yeah. And then some of those people who smell good. would get popcorn oh. lung. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. I, it's I remember. Really yeah. Yeah, so remember vaping, it does the thing. same thing as it turns yeah. out. You're supposed yeah. to take the microwave popcorn out and open it but not breathe it in it's like this yeah. does not sound like something i want to partake in at all no well, that's true <laughs> but look at what how smart my family is we don't have any disease none of that stuff in my family my too mother smart for disease <laughs> too smart for disease my mother two of her uncles and one of her brothers was murdered so how do you avoid that <laughs> i'm sure they could have made some lifestyle choices yeah, these just, are different choices probably who they came so i learned not to make people angry time. but it didn't work i still make people angry. That's interesting though because your family does not take great care of themselves no, they don't eat vegetables they, sure they all have smoked well, very, a very, lot don't walk they don't exercise they don't, they don't like they said, yeah. like so you have do. the hardy genes right yeah. yeah and then her family is very has always been very active health conscious eaten well and all, there, there's all sorts of things happening now. And you're just yeah, like, what is happening? Yeah, well, they're also in that getting to that age. That's group. the thing is, yeah, once you guess, enter yeah. your 60s, you have to start watching out. Look out! Fortunately, <laughs> Troy died at 54. My youngest well, brother. Well, well, but he was drank himself to death. Yeah, well, he kind of did, but you know, yeah, yeah. not kind of. But that's what drinking happens. is a thing that catches up to you in your 50s often. Yeah, yeah. it does. Well, Drink, well, drinking younger can also damage your heart forever. Oh, so, yes, it can. Yeah. I really yeah. wish people would understand whether it's, you know, drinking, smoking, eating, politics, whatever. Poor people are a lot different than than middling people and, and yeah. wealthy people. Or hardy. But you're going to say they're different from white people. left behind. I mean, when we think about they research, do, like these the initial time. big epi studies were all done in physicians and nurses. And, you know, one of the rights we need to you know, wrongs we need to right is getting everybody involved in research, not just the yeah, affluent. Yeah, good. Yeah. And That's good. Yep. Glad to hear it. Okay, stop true. by the fair. My friend Raina, yeah. who... You know, yeah. that's why you're on here. She works for the study. <laughs> She's the health visit coordinator yeah. of the study. Um, she said that the street is Dan Patch. Dan. Thank Dan. you, Dan Patch. Well, I was a ticket taker at the state fair, and I worked at the West Dan Patch game. It was the worst job. It was the worst job. It was a horrid, like, 4 o'clock morning. You couldn't sit. Yeah, it was a, either rain, a thousand degrees or a yeah, tsunami. Why, why the hell is <laughs> you got, the state fair? I got fair... paid like f four dollars and twenty cents an hour because they don't have to do labor laws because it's only ten mm -hmm. days. It's horrible. Why does the Sovereign state fair? Nation. Why is it on the hottest part of the year? Any other part of the year would be great. 
I don't well because of January and the farmers would come yeah. and they would show Hard their drying. livestock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, yeah. Look at the tractor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. They've raised the they've raised their stock all summer. It's time to sell them, that kind of thing. Yep. I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It had to do with farming. I feel like at these Stop days it. most livestock is sold like at auctions and online. It's the tradition. It is tradition at this point. I get it, but I need to bring an air conditioner with me when I go to the state fair. We went to the gate that I worked at. We had all the 4-H kids come in through our gate, and you wouldn't have anybody for like two hours. And then all of a sudden you'd have like a hundred 4-H kids just swarm at once. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, one day, yeah, you you came down with like a fever of 105 or something like that, and the guy that was running the gate was... PO to so you, and, yeah. and I was like 17 <laughs> years old. Thought that you were faking it. I was like, this was just way too dramatic for a four dollar an hour job. Way too intense. <laughs> yeah, it's really. So really Heather, dramatic. are yeah. we doing a lot better job with all of this? I mean, obviously the smoking yeah. thing is much better than it used to be. Are we paying better attention to all the other things as well? Yeah, how's drinking going? How is drinking going? Mm. Uh, the pandemic, I think, uh, had a big old uptick. I mean, I think pandemic true. is going to affect cancer in a whole lot of ways. It so, is. I agree. Um, behavior patterns, but also screening. Cancer screenings were down, and mm-hmm. so we need to um, remind people about the need to do their cancer screenings and to get back on schedule. I think that yeah, lack it. of screening is what killed my uh, wife's grandpa. Yep. He didn't know until it was far too late. Yeah, that does happen a lot. But he was also one of those, like, anti-doctor kind of people. Yeah, I'll just... Hoping it goes away. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. I'll be fine. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. And vaccinations are down. So HPV vaccination is really important. It's... Why are vaccinated? Is that because of COVID as well? Yeah. People just weren't getting in for um, their pediatrician visits, and they got behind on all their vaccines. Yeah, for a while. You couldn't even get into the doctor unless you were, like, you know actively bleeding out of a missing limb (laughs) (laughs) then you could get in though sometimes i don't know i just really wish and i'm not pointing any fingers at anybody or whatever but i really wish they would tell the truth about all these vaccines and Mm. this and that they just they embellish so much oh it's gonna do this no it's not it'll do its job but it's not gonna wipe everything out yeah i think um vaccines aren't perfect no they're not at all and um but they can help your odds a lot. Yeah, no, I agree. And I have, I'll just say, I have strong feelings about vaccines. I had a daughter who died of a infectious disease, and the vaccine came oh, out two God. years later. Oh. So uh, it's okay. Yes. I just say it because, you know, sometimes Sorry. there's no voice for when the vaccine works. Like, we don't really appreciate yeah, that's true. Yeah. that they yeah. work because we don't get sick. But in the absence of those, they do. Yeah. And I think the thing, the HPV vaccine is a good reminder that cancer starts so much sooner than when we get diagnosed. So while it tends to be a disease of when we're older, you know, the prevention happens early. And that's why, you know, figuring out the environmental causes is important because we can then inform people, we can put policies in place. You know, if radon is contributing to more than just lung cancer, we have a chance to intervene early. Yeah, very well. Right? And so, um, you know, I think doing studies and research so we're informed and mm-hmm. can um, put policies in place are really important. Have a lot they, of, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Have they linked radon to any other cancers? 
No. Well, yeah. So one of the reasons the uh, National Cancer Institute funded us was we were looking at radon and leukemias and lymphomas. So that there's makes this, sense. Yep. There's a suggestion from miners um, who work down in the mines where they get radon exposed that they had increases in these cancers, and so that is one of the questions we're asking because we have elevated rates of both radon and leukemias and lymphomas in Minnesota. So we have a, a nice opportunity to look at that. CLL, one of them. Mm. Um, well, we'll see. Okay. So very rare CLL, but would be included. Yeah. What a story this whole thing is, isn't it? I mean, first of all, you talk to a lot of people, and you, you think a lot of people pay attention, study this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, short time ago, I, I was double vaccinated, and I got the booster. Yep. And then I went uh, on a trip, and an intoxicated person sat and talked to me about this far away, and I kept saying, would you please back up? You're really way too close. Third time, they coughed and accidentally spit in my face. <laughs> and then a few days later, I got COVID. Mm -hmm. And I tried to explain that to one of the people that I work for, and he said, well, where'd you, who'd you get it from? I said, told him who it was. Said, well, she didn't get it till like a week after you did. I said, you don't really understand how transfer works, do you? Mm -hmm. I mean, most people have no understanding about this at all. Yeah. It's like, you have to have COVID. No, you don't. If somebody came up and kissed you just before you spit in my face, you don't have to have COVID. Yeah. Right? Well, I think that's been part of the trick with COVID was yes. this, you would walk around not knowing you had it and you yeah. know, for the typhoid Mary, it's not It'll great. be very interesting <laughs> to find out, you know, uh, with the vaccinated, not vaccinated, who's had COVID, who hasn't had COVID, how that's going to impact the study too. Yep. Because Absolutely. you hear so many things. It's like, yeah, I had COVID two years ago and now my hair's falling out. Yeah, you know, right. all this stuff. Well, like ever since the vaccine, I have had three month long period yeah, and stuff. Just right. like yeah. all these things. That would be very no, interesting. Great, um, yeah. Large population level experiment. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we'll learn a lot. Heather, what a job. Heather Nelson, ladies and gentlemen, um, if people do want to reach out and talk to you, is there a way to do that? Absolutely. So our website for the study is 10, the number 10, kfs.umn.edu, or you can email me, hhnelson at umn.edu. And we can put the link in our social media That'd be stuff. great. Uh, what is Raina says? I forgot something else. The she has the address for the building. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. It's 1367 Cosgrove. Please So it's come half see a block us. up from Dan Patch. And you'll get some swag. So stop by our building at the fair, <laughs> spin the wheel, you'll get something, and talk to our great staff. <laughs> Lovely. Thank well, you. Thanks thank for you. having me on. This well, was a blast. Thank you so that much sounds for really interesting. interesting. You're always welcome. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we like trying to keep people healthy. That's a good yeah, thing. It is a good thing. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.